What's going on, guys? My name's Cameron from the Red Devil Roundup, and I'm back with my first episode in a while. I've kind of gone a bit cold since the uh, season finished, which would have been a few weeks ago now. Um, and yeah, look, United season kind of finished a bit before that, though, as well. So it's probably been well over a month since we've been out of the race for the top four, out of the Champions League, out of the FA Cup, and out of everything else. Um, and look, I'm going to be doing some episodes kind of as you get further through the transfer window because it only opened a few days ago or last week. Um, and we've started to see names and signings coming and going. So I'm going to get started on my transfer stuff probably a bit later. I'm just going to do one last episode now from this season. So this will be the last episode of the 2022 season. And look, it's been a pretty depressing, miserable, and underwhelming season, which probably um, is a pretty accurate representation of the underlying themes of a lot of my podcasts, just because there's been a lot of ranting, um, a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment based on the season and the players. And I'm going to look back on some of the more positive moments from this season, look back at some of the games which I enjoyed, why I enjoyed them. Um, and I guess, yeah, just when United actually gave me a little bit of hope throughout this season, look, we're going to look back on a positive because at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot more negatives which will probably come through during this transfer window based on how it started. So before we get into all that, I'm going to look back on this season, uh, the season that was in 2022. And although it didn't reach the heights of what we probably would have expected or wanted, I'm going to look back on it anyway and just see what I enjoyed and discuss certain games and moments which really kind of, I don't know, made me actually enjoy football for just, just a short while. So look, obviously going to get the ball rolling with United's 5-1 win against Leeds on opening day. That game itself genuinely feels like a different season. It actually felt like not only like a season before or something when we finished second, it genuinely felt like a Sir Alex Ferguson season. Like That's how I'd look back on it. Like it was just a moment where it was just like everything that could go right did go right. It was like pre-game, fans in stadiums for the first time in what two years. You've got a sold-out Old Trafford. The vibes are high, and it was the same with every stadium across the UK uh, in the build-up to this season. Um, and you had United unveiling Rafael Varane, a forty million pound signing, I think he was at the time, <clears throat> uh, to a stacked-out Old Trafford because they'd been like he'd been confirmed by the club, but he hadn't been unveiled or announced. So they waited until game day, which, to be fair, I actually thought was a really good way of doing it. Um, it got the crowd going, got everyone going, and he got to witness an absolute masterclass to open this season. So Bruno scored a hat trick, Pogba got four assists, and. As many United fans state, and as I myself have stated on many an occasion, it was generally the game that sold us dreams. You watch a game like that or a performance like that with a team that we had after a pretty decent transfer window. I know we sit there and criticize the Glazers and say we don't do enough good work in the transfer window. But look, in the same window, we brought in Sancho, Ronaldo, and Rafael Varane, which if you told me that before the transfer window started, I would have been over the moon. So yeah, I guess with those sorts of transfer... I mean, Ronaldo wasn't signed at that point, but it's like even with Sancho, Varane unveiling, and the team playing so, so well... Um, with a 5-1 win over Leeds to open the season, it genuinely gave me hopes. Like At the time, a lot of people were saying, you know, United could be champions here. Like They're talking about big four, Chelsea, United, City, Liverpool were the four teams that are going to push each all of each other uh, to the right till the end of the season, you know, to be competing for the title, whereas obviously it didn't quite finish out that way. But look, that game was actually incredible. It was one of the most enjoyable performances I've seen in quite a long time from United side. It was positive, it was attacking, and it was one of the few games of the season when we actually dominated because there were a few good results which I'll look at in this episode. And... We played well. The score, like you know, the scoreboard will reflect a pretty comfortable win. But a lot of the time, we actually didn't play incredibly well or necessarily dominate a game. Like it didn't necessarily reflect how well United played based on the scoreline. But this is probably the only time where I can sit there and say we dominated that game from start to finish, and the scoreboard reflected it accurately. So shortly after that, United signed Cristiano Ronaldo, and that was <laughs> for me an Australian man. I'm I'm literally sitting in my bed. It's like 
the kind of rumors, there was the whole Man City rumors. So I was looking at that the day before and I was like, yeah, like it makes sense. They need a number nine. The dude's guaranteed goals. They've got so many creators in that team. If you feed him, he will score 30 Premier League goals in the season. And then it kind of, that wave started where it kind of started to lose a bit of traction. Rio Ferdinand tweeting that pick of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Django. And then, yeah, the rumors kind of started to come out that United were interested. United had reached out. United had made contact. United were in discussions. Man City pull out of the race. And then by about 2 o'clock in the morning, because I was just sitting there on Twitter, refreshing my feed all night. And it got to about 2, 2.30 in the morning. And then you finally see Manchester, oh no, sorry, Fabrizio Romano, here we go. And then I think an hour after that, by about 3 o'clock, United have posted that, you know, to announce the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo. And yeah, that in itself, honestly, it was just, it was better than like a win. Honestly, I was over the moon. I was so happy. And again, like the first game is like at the time it was selling us dreams. I thought, you know, we're onto something special. And that's no through no fault of Ronaldo's, might I add. He's had a great season. I'm still glad we signed him and it's good to see him playing well. But yeah, just in terms of how the overarching kind of, se- the overarching theme of the season went, uh, it obviously didn't reach the heights even with him in the team. So Shortly after that, yeah, the United for Newcastle won at Old Trafford. And this is one of those games I was talking about where we didn't actually dominate from start to finish, but still won 4-1, so it looked comfortable. But uh, it was it was actually a far from comfortable result, to be honest with you, up until maybe like the last 20 minutes. Um, once United got it up to 3-1 with that Bruno goal, then it looked a bit more comfortable. But um, yeah, Ronaldo came back, glorious entrance out the tunnel, that iconic commentary from uh, Peter Drury. And um, yeah, it was just... It was one of those where just like, yeah, pretty much like the first game, I was on the edge of my seat. I was so excited. I was like a kid, man. It felt like Christmas, seeing him come back out in United shirt and to see him like score. He scored that goal in the first half to put his 1-0 up and obviously over the moon with that. But then it's like once we had conceded that goal, you know, 1-1, to see Ronaldo then score that nice goal, Luke through ball with Luke through ball, Luke Shaw with the through ball to play him through Ronaldo, sliding it through the keeper's legs and uh, hitting up the, uh, yeah, in front of a stacked Old Trafford to put us 2-1 up before going on to win 4-1 again. It was just an incredible game. It was a great watch. Uh, and then, yeah, it was pretty much after this point is where they kind of, uh, it seemed to die off a bit in terms of like great results coming thick and fast. Like there's still good moments shortly after, which I'll talk about. But I think overall, the season did kind of go on a bit of a downhill trajectory from there. Um, but yeah, that game, that and the Leeds game at home early on in the season were unbelievable to watch. I wish I could have been in the stadium, but even watching it from home on Optus Sport was unreal. But um. Anywho, shortly afterwards, away game against West Ham. And this one was big. It was a 2-1 win. Uh, Jesse Lingard came off the bench and scored a nice goal. Ronaldo equalized as well in like the 40th or 50th minute or something uh, to make it 1-1. And we played so poorly this game. This was a horrible performance by United. We should not have won this game. And I was pretty amazed even if we we're going to hold on for a draw the way that it had been going. Um, but yeah, Jesse Lingard came off the bench and scored a screamer in like this 86th minute, 87th minute or something like that. Thought game was over. But realistically, you still got 5-10 minutes for them to score. So you never kind of settled. Uh, before we gave away a penalty. I think it was Luke Shaw that gave it away. Uh, and yeah, Mark Noble got subbed on by David Moyes in the 93rd minute and David De Gea was up for the task. And I think that moment, he'd been pretty decent like the first few games anyway. Like he played well. He did well in that Wolves, uh, the 1-0 win against Wolves, which is away. And even like that one all draw with Southampton, which were all before this fixture. Um, he'd done, done pretty well. But then, yeah, I think in terms of his confidence and how well he ended up doing this season, I think saving that 93rd minute penalty on Mark Noble was a great save as well. Um Again, it was just absolute bedlam. So yeah, being able to kind of games like that weren't great games, weren't incredible performances, but they're just moments. And I think that's what I'm going to end up holding on to from this season when we look at the positives. It's just moments as opposed to looking back on a season as a whole and being like, yeah, man, what a season. Because it wasn't. But there are still moments to kind of behold and enjoy and appreciate when you look back on them. So I think, yeah, that made me really happy for De Gea because he ended up on have a great season. And he struggled with confidence as well for like the last few years. So I think it really helped to kind of rebuild that 
and I guess spark his season onto the to the trajectory which it ended up, ended up having. So, yeah. Anyway, shortly after that, again, United 3, Arsenal 2. And this is when the battle for top four was going off because at this point, we are kind of out of the title race. Um, City and Liverpool. Actually, I think at the time it was just City. We're really starting to kind of get ahead. But, um, yeah, we had to beat Arsenal in this game. And we went 1-0 down. So, I think it was Emil Smith-Rowe uh, scored that goal and David De Gea was kind of lying on the floor. Um, and then, yeah, we scored. Bruno Fernandes equalized through a... Really nice goal, uh, if I recall correctly. It was a cut back and finish. Then Ronaldo put us 2-1 up. And this is Michael Carrick in charge as well, by the way. Because, um, uh, yeah, Michael, it was Michael Carrick's third, uh, sorry, third game in charge of United. And look, he had, there's actually a really good game, which is the VRA one from the Champions League. But I'm going to talk about that afterwards because I think after this game is then when we finish the Champions League group stage statistically. Um, so I'll then kind of discuss that after. But anyway, it was Michael Carrick's third and final game. And at home at Old Trafford against Arsenal for a massive top four battle. Uh, Bruno Fernandes equalizes. Ronaldo gets a cutback and sticks it away to put us 2-1 up. Erdegaard ended up equalizing in like the 70th minute. And then Ronaldo goes on to score a penalty around the 80th to win 3-2. Um, and it was a good send-off for Carrick because he actually did a really great job in those like two weeks as an interim. Uh, good result. Massive for us in the battle for top four, even though it didn't end up the way we would have hoped. Uh, that game was really enjoyable. And we played quite well. I actually think we deserved a better result than what we got. I think 3-2 was actually quite flattering to Arsenal. So it was one of the few games that we actually probably played better than what the scoreline suggested, you know? Now, in this poor season, and I've been looking at Premier League mostly, but the Champions League group stage is something I'll actually look on positively because we played, again, we played so poorly throughout the group stage of the Champions League. I don't know why. I don't know how it kept on happening, but it just it was just this regular occurrence. We were struggling. We were going down. We were completing, conceding stupid goals. We weren't creating chances. We were struggling. We did not look good at all going forward. Um, and it was just one of those where we lost the opening game 2-1 to uh, Young Boys uh, away. Jesse Lingard let a late goal or gave away a late goal by back-passing it through the opposition, opposition striker. Um, and I guess it's one of those where you're up against it from the first game. Even if you look at the group stage and it's like United should comfortably proceed through this group, um, you're always up against it when you lose your opening game in a group stage. So shortly afterwards, next game was a VRL. We went 1-0 down again. Um, and Alex Telly scored a brilliant volley. Um, off a of Bruno Fernandes corner. It was a Bruno Fernandes free kick. Off a of Bruno Fernandes set piece, I'll say. Um, brilliant volley to stick at bottom bins. I think it was his only goal for the season as well. It was actually one of his better games as well because he kind of struggled second half of the season. It became really frustrating to watch. But he actually, I remember this game. I remember watching it and thinking he was playing brilliantly. Uh, and it was a great goal. Um, he played a pretty good performance as well. And um, yeah, Ronaldo ended up sticking one away in the 93rd minute to win. So I guess that kind of sparked some life into our Champions League campaign. Get us back. Three, get, us, we'll get us three points on the board. Obviously, a uh, bit of a bruiser for VRL, but it was good for United to really get back in there and I guess neck and neck with the other sides. So then shortly after we versus Atlanta um, and yeah, it was Atlanta at home. So we were essentially um, needed three points again. A draw really would have kind of left us really, I guess, I mean, and so we'd probably get through looking at the second half of games. And yeah, we went 2-0 down in the first half and it was just so, so underwhelming and poor. But our second half and early on, Rashford comes on, I think at halftime, uh, Bruno with a great through ball, then Rashford ran it behind, got it back to 2-1. 75th minute or thereabouts, Harry Maguire equalizes off a corner. Um, actually, no, sorry, off a counter-attack, I think. I think it, it was off a corner, ball came back out, and then he was still up in the box and then stuck a bottom corner. And then Ronaldo scored a brilliant header off a Luke Shaw cross in around the 82nd, 83rd minute or thereabouts uh, to put us 3-2 up and hold on for victory. Um, and I think that win as well, you could see how much it meant to the players. Like, it was such a big performance and such a big result for United uh, in terms of our Champions League hopes for the season. So, 
Anywho, and then there was Atlanta away, which again was a massive game. And we went 1-0 down twice. Um, and fortunately, actually both goals are pretty nice. Um, 1-0 down, then Bruno plays a 1-2 off. I think it was like Fred or someone. Gets in behind, cuts it back. Also, actually, yeah, just lays it off to Ronaldo who sticks it top corner. Uh, concede again, 2-1 down. And then fortunately, Ronaldo in like the 90th minute again. Like There was just so many clutch moments in this group stage. Uh, Greenwood kind of got the ball, took a heavy touch or mistouched it. It came off the defender. And Ronaldo just volleys it from about 20 yards out and sticks it right in the bottom corner. Um, and that was a moment of absolute chaos in my living room, I'll be honest with you, because it's one of those where we played so poorly. And I think after pulling the rabbit out of the hat, hat twice, like the first time against Atalanta and then also against VRL, I just didn't think we had it in us. I did not see us getting a point from that game. Like we weren't creating chances. We didn't look threatening. And it just, we were fortunate. It was just half a chance fell to Ronaldo and he was good enough to take it. So yeah, scoring that goal again to take the point uh, then gave us a pretty straightforward sort of operation going into the... Um, uh, final game. Oh, sorry, actually, no, second last game for the group stage, but probably one of the most, or probably the most important um, by the time we're all around. So it was us against um, Villarreal, and it was pretty much a <clears throat> if we win, we secure progression. If we don't, there's a good chance that if Villarreal could then beat Atalanta, we would end up in the Europa League or thereabouts. Um, and this is Michael Carrick. This was his first game in charge, actually, because then he had the Chelsea draw afterwards. So, yeah, this was Michael Carrick's first game in charge with Sack Dolly, and it was a massive game, and it was a must-win fixture. Uh, and we ended up beating Villarreal 2-0 uh, with a goal from Ronaldo, Fred. And we actually played this game well, too, might add. But then Ronaldo scored a nice dink over the keeper on the volley, uh, and Jaden Sancho scored his first goal for the club by rocketing one top corner. So to kind of secure qualification, play well, like it wasn't – we weren't creating chances left, right, and center and dominating, but it's like we looked defensively stable – we created enough chances to win. We won the game. We saw it out well. It was a good performance. And I think looking back on it now, it almost makes you think, damn, like, would we be better off just keeping Carrick as an interim manager? Because his three games in that stage of the season, he only managed three matches. It was a 2-0 win against VRL, a one all draw against Chelsea, who were flying at the time, I'd add. They were still in contention for the title. Uh, and then that 3-2 win against Arsenal. So they were by no means easy fixtures. Uh, so to take four points in the league from those two games and three points in the Champions League group stage... Yeah, it was that in itself was a massive achievement for an interim manager who's never had a senior managing gig. He's always been an assistant to somebody else. So yeah, I remember afterwards I was very grateful to for the job that he'd done. Um, but yeah, and yeah, shortly after that, the Champions League game, the Chelsea game, and then after that Arsenal game, he went separate ways with the club um, as a manager. So, and that left us with what kind of goes on to become the very very disappointing finish to our season. So Ralph Rangnick took over shortly after, and I was pretty disappointed disappointed with how it ended. His first game in charge was one of the best moments of the season. I've got to admit, it was one of the best games I've seen this season because at the end of the day, he implemented his gag and press as per se. Uh, and it actually, like, it showed. The players were hungry. They were working hard. Um, they were suffocating Crystal Palace, or at least for the first half. They suffocated the life out of them. It made it so difficult for them to play. And we ended up winning 1-0. Fred scored a tremendous goal. It was a great goal, a great win. Um, and the worst thing is it kind of, it went downhill after that in terms of Ralph's tactics being implemented. Because I kind of, you could actually see in that game, yes, it was transition. It was going to struggle. It was only one nil win. But you thought at the time, you thought, look, if we can press like that within a week of having a new manager, give him time and we'll do really, really well. Especially against some of these lower, prem, um, you know, mid-table, lower-table prem sides. Um, and it just went tits up. Like, it just, we just struggled after that. So... Yeah, I think after this, there's a whole lot of dead wood. And basically, the only two games I've got left, you've got the United 3 Spurs 2, um, was when Ronaldo scored that hat-trick in the crunch tie for the top four. Uh, and that was a great game. I, that was a brilliant, brilliant game. Old Trafford was rocking. Ronaldo scored three goals. Three great goals as well, might I add. Um, 
to put us 3-2 up because, yeah, to end, oh, sorry, to end up winning 3-2 against Spurs because it was a frustrating game and tensions were so, so high, not just for the players and the fans and stuff, but just even me sitting at home, I was so stressed watching this game. It was absolute chaos. Um, but yeah, we went 1-0 up thanks to a Ronaldo screamer from about 30 yards out. Uh, probably like 25. But yeah, it ended up winning one, one United's goal of the season in the end. But yeah, he scored an absolute screamer to kickstart the game early on. Um, Spurs ended up equalizing, uh, which is fucking disappointing. I remember how pissed off I was when that went in. Uh, Ronaldo scored again. I think it was like simple goal, cutback finish. Uh, and he did really, really well. And then, um, yeah, Spurs equalized again. I read this one through Harry Maguire own goal. Um, really disappointing. And I remember, man, I was like, as soon as that went in, I was like literally imagining headlines in my head because the season he'd had, how disappointing he'd been. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, surely, nah, surely it doesn't end like this. Surely we don't draw or drop points or lose, you know, with Harry Maguire own goal being the thing. Cause I was like, it would just, it would crush him in the media. Um, and yeah, it went to all. And I remember um, Romero laughing in his face after it went in. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you got to practice what you preach or you got to, you know, come as a bitch. And I'm so glad it ended the way that it did, even though they got top four and we didn't. Um, yeah, Ronaldo scoring a fantastic header off a corner, off an Alex Teller's corner, and he just stuck at top corner, got above his man, and his man at the time was Romero as well, which made it even more comical. Um, and yeah, that game at the time, I was like, you know what? We need to turn around and start winning, and we'll see how we can see out. We should see out top four because we really had the depth or good enough to at the time. But uh, yeah, we ended up losing to Everton, drawing with Spurs, dropping points left, right, and center, which was really, really poor. But um, yeah, it was the first game was definitely one of the more enjoyable performances this season. As well as the first Spurs game as well. There was that 3-0 one as well, which I thoroughly enjoyed too. And then the last moment of the season where I was actually really, I guess it gave me something to cheer about was that 3-2 win against Norwich. And I know it's like, oh, they're already relegated at the time. They suck. But like, look, Ronaldo scored a hat-trick and we won. All right. So like it or not, anytime Ronaldo scores a hat-trick in a 3-2 win, I'm going to cheer about it and I'm going to enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, so many people were like, you know, Ronaldo's the problem. Oh, it's all fallen apart since Ronaldo joined. When you man, when you're winning games three two and this guy scoring all three goals, you cannot criticize him or call him a problem. I'm sorry, this episode wasn't even meant to end up in a rant, but it's kind of getting there. But anyway, that three two win against Norwich from Ronaldo scored a hat trick, including that last, not last minute, that late free kick in the second half to put us three two up. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, really, really good. Um, and it was like, yeah, I guess a good way to kind of, I'd say finish off the season because there was still a little bit of hope, but by then it was pretty much all but gone for top four. But I guess that moment itself, I was like, yeah. Happy for Ronaldo more than anything. So, look, to finish off this season, this uh, this episode here, like I'm just going to kind of give off my accolades for the season, I guess. I've recorded on a lot of episodes, done a lot of podcasts, watched a lot of football, probably too much, to be honest with you. Um, and I think, yeah, just who am I going to give these to? So, look, we'll start with the negative. I was going to start with the positive. I'll start with the negative, get it out of the way, and then I'll move on to the positive. So, look, biggest disappointments, you could honestly just say everyone. You could bucket the whole team in there and say pretty much everyone, but... Overall, for me, it was Maguire and Rashford. Um, and I look, to be honest, it was Greenwood as well. But I'm going to try and keep this in a footballing sense. Um, Footballing-wise, Maguire and Rashford were by far the biggest disappointments. Maguire had been so consistent for the last like two seasons. He hadn't been unbelievable, but he'd been good. He'd been good for two seasons in a row. He played well. He was stable. He looked like he'd settled into the team. He was kind of emerging as a leader. And then the way his season just fell apart this year... Uh, and the same goes for Rashford. I know he had a surgery and whatnot, and he struggled in the Euros, you know, missing a penalty in the final. Kill anyone. But yeah, just the drop in form they had throughout the length of this season was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. So 
I think those two are definitely the biggest yeah, disappointments to me with Maguire and Rashford. Uh, but look, I'm going to leave the negatives there. I'm going to finish with some positives and I'll call it a season. But yeah, look, best play of this season for me. I'm, I'm torn between De Gea and Ronaldo, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm really torn between De Gea and Ronaldo. And look, in the United actual like um, awards they give at the end of the season, De Gea got, was it players player or fans player? De Gea got player of the year and then Ronaldo got players player of the year. Um, so I think, look, clearly it was those two who were head and shoulders above the rest. Um, but look, I'm going to say my best player, I think, was David De Gea. I'll give it to him over Ronaldo just. But I think, yeah, I think he deserved it because I think he's probably the most consistent throughout the season. That's probably what I would give him the edge on. Like, Ronaldo had some seriously clutch performances, as did De Gea. Um, but I think De Gea performed more consistently throughout the entire season, whereas Ronaldo did have dips in form. So I'll give it to De Gea just over Ronaldo. I think... Most promising young talent or one I'm looking forward to the future is Alejandro Garnacho. I know he barely had any senior minutes this season, hasn't scored for the senior team or anything, but he has torn up the, uh, well, the Resi's league, really, the reserves. So the other 21 to Manchester United, this kid has been absolutely annihilating. He's been scoring goals for fun. He won the FA Youth Cup with the team. And yeah, I think seeing him kind of get called up, playing for Argentina national team as well, a national team as well. Um, there's a lot of promise there. And the kid just, even watching him, here and there and seeing the way he kind of settled into the team and even just looking at him, like you can just kind of tell, like he's not phased by the limelight, the spotlight, the pressure that comes with it. And you kind of need that ruthless streak um, in order to make it, you know, at an elite level, not to kind of just cut into the team, become a, you know, senior player, get some minutes, end up at Burnley. Like to be a player that's going to reach heights like Ronaldo and players like that, you need to be ruthless and you need to be hungry and you cannot let that kind of pressure phase you. And I think from what I've seen, he doesn't seem to kind of be phased by it. So Look, I think there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of talent there. And I actually am hoping I'm right here in the sense that he's actually got the right kind of personality to match that talent uh, to do incredible things. So I hope we do see a lot of him in the senior team this year as well, especially if we continue to struggle in the transfer window to sign number nines. So yeah, I'm going to say Garnacho. Most improved players for me were David De Gea and Fred. Uh, I think De Gea from his last few years was unrecognizably good. He was tremendous. I think Fred as well... Um, Especially under Ralph Ranick, I think he really came into his own. Under Carrick as well. So I think he just he really struggled under Ollie this season. And then once we sacked him, um, Fred seemed to be a lot better under Carrick and also Ranick for like the second half of the season. So I think that sort of improvement there, I'll give him it as well. So yeah, I'm leaning towards the Hayer and Fred. If I had to give it to one again, it would be to Hayer, um, just slightly edging Fred. But I think he, Fred's like an honorable mention. And unsung hero, I'm going to say Victor Lindelof. I think he was actually quite consistent this year. I know he has his flaws. I think his distribution is incredible. I think he is a good player and I do rate him. And I think he played well this season. Given how many issues he had around him, having a partner Maguire in a season like this, these fullbacks that we had couldn't do anything to save their life for the entire year. Um, I think Victor Lindelof was one of our better players. And I think he actually did it in a really, really poor back four and poor team in general. So I'd say he was probably the biggest unsung hero because, you know, people don't really talk about him in terms of like the player of the year accolade or, you know, like, someone that's like you're building the team around. But I think he was really, really good. And I look forward to what the next season will bring for him as well. But look, that's pretty much my uh, that's my season overview for Manchester United this year. Um, hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, that's me done for season 2022. So I'm going to count it there and I'll get started on season 2023 in the next couple of weeks as the uh, transfer window starts to shape up a bit and we have a bit more to talk about. But anyways, thanks so much for listening, guys. I'm out.